Mr. Passport's point guard and Trailblazer reporter, Mike Richmond. Let's do another episode of Locked on Blazers. And I may have, through the magic bending, you don't know this, but I did maybe screw up my intro. But that doesn't matter because we're still chatting here with Danny Morang. You've heard him on Danny and Dusty, 12 to 3 on 1080 The Fan on your radio dial here in Portland. You've heard him on Jack Ramsey's. Today, we're going to talk all things youngsters. That's right. The Blazers have a fun young core. It's not all just Damian Lillard, doom and gloom. It's the young folks. So I want to talk about Scoot Henderson. I want to talk about Shaden Sharp. And I want to talk about just the rest of the youngsters on the roster. Danny, you were there. You were in Vegas. Mm. And you saw 21 glorious minutes from my man, Sterling Henderson, Scoot himself. Such a good name. His dad was so cool. <laughs> Except for the... I talked about this on... Uh, I was on Locked on Fantasy Basketball, and Josh Lloyd mentioned this. One of the kids is named CJ. He's Charles Jr. He kind of got ripped off. Everyone yeah, else has like, a cool name. Everyone, everyone else has a great else is, name. Yeah, Onyx and Jade and Sterling mm -hmm. and Pearl and CJ. Come on! I'd be mad. But Scoot... Um, Scoot, in 21 minutes, what did you see and and how, where is your excitement level after 21 minutes in Vegas? So holistically with Scoot, it started off with the, the December, you know, matchup in Vegas against yeah. Victor Wembanyama, right? And him jumping up and banging on a seven foot five guy. And it was like, oh, okay. But then I start talking to scouts, and they're, you know, he's super athletic. It's like Derrick Rose or Russell Westbrook. And I'm like, he's like that? Like, I've watched him a little bit. I've never really noticed that. And it kind of started to run its way back. And I was like, no, he's super athletic, though. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, we're not talking like 0.1% athletes in NBA history type stuff. Okay, that's that's fine. And then I got to kind of see him in person, you know, during summer league and finding that safe spot in between the thing about him that stood out was his control and the ball manipulation. The dude has hands like Kawhi Leonard. They're dinner plates. And Dame's got a tight handle, but Dame's not a bag, like deep bag guy. He is a footwork savant. Yeah, power like, and go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And his, his ability to change direction and create space. Like Dame's step back is might be the most ridiculous shot creation tool for a small guard or, or a smaller player in NBA history. He gets like eight feet of separation when he kicks that 45 degree out. It's like, eh, good luck. Like you never see it get blocked, even by the, like the Anthony Davis's of the world. Scoot's kind of skill is he looks like he's drunk with the ball and you're like, oh, I could go get that. And he just goes and pulls it back on you. Makes you look very stupid. Shout out Eamon Thompson, who got his ankle snatched twice. And it was like, oh God. That's that's not normal. Like you could see him and he does that push dribble through traffic and you just there's a level of control that seven, eight players in the NBA have like Kyrie is up there. I'd put CJ up there, but CJ's more handle than a, as opposed to like just LaMelo ball. His handle's not obscene, but his ability to just push the ball through tight spaces with very long arms is very unique. Scoot is like that. He just has this innate ability. Like, you think you can just take the ball from him, and you can't. It's always kind of on a string, and he always has his kind of hips over the top of it, even when it's all the way outside. He just, I don't know. It's, it's There's something special about seeing that. So that's the tool set that for me, seeing it in person, I was like, oh, that's nice. That, the, the, the mid-range pull-up. 
I have questions about his ability to finish at the rim consistently. I have questions about his ability to uh, knock down shots from the outside. But the stuff that he does have is really interesting and unique. But I had uh, two uh, two GMs that I talked to. One of them, uh, I mentioned it um, back in Summer League. One of them mentioned or said to me that I think the Hornets are already regretting their pick. And I was like, I thought it was like being sarcastic. He's like, I'm dead serious. Like that was the, feel, and it wasn't a shot necessarily at Brandon Miller. Uh, Cause this, I think Miller played two games. So he had already played his second game. And you're like, because the first game was so bad. Yeah. Um, but I also took a picture of Jay Cole and Mitch Kutchek uh, courtside during that, those 21 minutes. And they looked terrified watching Scoot Henderson. So um <laughs> It was definitely a buzz factor that felt very similar to Lillard's rookie year. It obviously is a major bummer because it was only 21 minutes. He was playing though. Like he had like the juice to kind of be a summer league MVP. Like that's the kind of, yeah. What do you have? Like had 17, five, 15. Yeah. 17, five and five, 75. Yeah. 15, five and five. Yeah. It was like, it was like, he was about to have a 30 point triple double. And it was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was, and um, Sam Bassini pointed out this out on his podcast. Ton of crazy athletes on that Rockets team. It wasn't like it was these were were bums. That's the right? most like, obscene summer league athlete roster I've ever seen. Yeah, and Evan Thompson, down. Tari Eason, uh, Jabari Smith, like that, that was, those are, yeah, like um, really really athletic defenders. They're all you big. Know, the, yeah, and long and all that, and and he had no problem with Tari Eason. No. And Tari Eason is is a pretty. You know he's young, but he's 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 going to be a pretty darn good defender in the NBA. Yes. And 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 Scoot didn't care about him. It didn't matter. No. Um, and, and so is Amen. He, Amen six yeah. seven with super twitchy. And he likes to play defense, and he was yeah, having ex- trouble with Scoot. That I'm, whole ex- first half. I'm really excited about both Thompson twins. I'm not I a big too. draft guy, so I I like um, I can't say that I would dig dug into OTE film, but I the little bit I watched them in summer league, I'm super excited about them. They look no. really they look like really good basketball players. They'll they'll be um, league league watch favorites along with the Blazers. Yeah. Well, hold on. I don't know. It might maybe next year. Um, might be a little might be a little early for the for the uh Blazers League Pass Darlings. They're they're destined to be League Pass Darlings in 2024, though. They'll start their uh, status this year. Exactly. Start the kids start the campaign. It'll be like yeah. one of those things we get to March or whatever, and it'd be like, if you haven't been watching the Blazers, you know, they might only have 17 wins, but they're about as fun of a 17 wins in I'm like Uh-oh. I'm like, well, I've watched literally all every minute of their game, and uh, they lead the league in transition points, and the worst three point shooting team in the league. (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, (laughs) like, do you like Jeremy Grant took 28 shots tonight? Um, (laughs) Just kidding. I love this stuff, y'all. I love it. I love it. I'm a kind of I'm a natural born hater. Um, Do you think uh, you mentioned the shooting with Scoot? Uh, do you think that's the swing skill for him? Not threes, but just like pull-up jumpers in general. Yeah, he, that for me, that's it. Because we only saw 21 minutes of it, but uh, talking to his you know, his teammates in practice and stuff like that down in Vegas, um, his ability, and leading up to that, his ability to get in the paint and spray yep. the ball is something. Look, Dame is very good, and I've asked him about this particular thing. You, you know you know the Damian Lillard drive, the inside hand finish, you know, right to left split, get to the right hand. I asked him one time last year why he goes to the jump pass, like the driving layup. To keep, he commits a step early. He goes all the and, way to the baseline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And I was like, why don't you Why don't you rondo that? Why don't you keep that dribble alive and like collapse the defense a little bit more? He goes, I know that – he goes, like, he told me, you know, I, I learned over the years that 
if I go up and I commit, I know two guys are coming to me and it makes that pass easier. Uh, according he's to really strong. Yeah. He's yes. Really and he can strong. take that impact because yeah. Dame's ability to pass, like this isn't a knock on Damian Lillard. This is just like his skill set. Da- How often do you see Dame whip a pass one handed? Yeah. He almost really, never. He doesn't do the hook pass. Yeah. He doesn't no. really do the hook pass. No. And he doesn't, he almost never passes one handed left handed. Scoot is one hand, either side, cross body over the top. Like his passing is more, uh, this is going to sound kind of weird, but more Ben Simmonsy, where he, he gets his arms kind of extended away from his body and creates unique passing angles. Um, he's his wingspan's about an inch longer than Dame's, but he just has like this kind of body manipulation that he does passing wise, where he creates angles better than most guys, not, not even just Dame, but like as a creator, I don't think they got to show that at summer league. So I think you're going to see a lot of that. The interesting thing to me is the shooting because the free throw shooting is subpar. The pull-up stuff is subpar. The three-point stuff is subpar and the rim finishing is subpar. So it's like, he's got to find some upticks in there somewhere. And if you look, I, I, I did a write-up on him uh, last week uh, on my Patreon is like how he stacks up against NBA teenage guards for him to even for him to average 15 and five, he'd be the fourth player in NBA history to do that. Yeah. It's very rare. Exactly. It yeah. doesn't happen. He- even just five assists for a rookie for a rookie lead guard is pretty rare. It's it's it is a it is a select group. There's only been two uh, Blazers in history who averaged assists six assists as rookies. Uh, Kelvin Kelvin Ramsey and your boy Damian Lamont Ali Lillard Sr. So um, it is not something that happens. That was 1981, nope. and then again in 2012. So it's not like it happens often. Um, rookies just like, they don't get that many options. The playmaking's not there, all that stuff. Like, um, yeah, for me, if scoot, I don't care about three point shooting early. Uh, it'll eventually be a big deal yeah. for him. That will eventually it's, that's the way the league works. Um, Let me see the process. Right. That, but that's if he what can I want to see. If he can make pull-ups, like if he can make 17 footers because he's gonna be able to get ba- past the first guy. And if he sees a lot of drop, right? Like if they're like, mm-hmm. shoot it, shoot it, who cares? Like shoot it. If he can shoot from 17, it changes the way you have to cover him. You have to come up two steps higher. And and Scoob might be that good that a step and a half is a difference, right? Like if you can't camp truly in the paint, but you have to camp a, a step and a half out of the paint, boom, that's layups or, or that's playmaking, right? Because yeah. two feet in the paint, a bunch of attention, he's a natural passer, all those things. Yeah, for me, the pull-up shooting. If, if he's a – the swing skill is like that mid-range. He's going to take a lot of them. He loves that mm-hmm. shot from what I've seen. Um and if he starts bricking them, they're going to let him keep shooting it. That's how it works. And efficiency doesn't really matter too much as a rookie. But no, like you said, the process, no. ma- the process matters. Yes. It's like the full squirrel moment. I was diving into Josh Giddy earlier. Um, a friend of mine asked me kind of like what, where Giddy kind of sat and how excited I was with the Thunder. I was, I, I was looking at him about a month ago. And I had a pretty good idea of where he sat with some things. Like he's a poor three point shooter. He's a subpar finisher at the rim. He's like 99th percentile in volume, short mid range, like pull-ups little floater float yeah. range. Yeah. And, he, and he's in the 80, I want to say 88th or 87th percentile in finishing. So it's like, he can't really finish for a guy who's six, eight at the rim. He can't shoot it at all, <laughs> but yeah, by God, he when shoot, he gets, yeah. No, but when he gets that in-between range, he takes them and he makes them. And it's like, and that's the thing. Scoot six one, six two. Like, does he do, does he go full Tony Parker? Like, does he get a floater? Does he get up like a pull-up, a little push shot? Like, there's gotta be some like 
weird. Look, we have Anthony Simons with a running hook. You've got Trendon yes. Watford with a push shot. Like this is the place Drew Eubanks is throwing hooks. Like this is the place to v- develop weird intermediate 10 foot shots. So if he's got yeah. it in his bag, like let's see how that shakes out. Let's talk Shane Sharp in the second segment. Join us there, won't you? Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Listen, with the NFL season right around the corner, FanDuel's got a great offer for you. If you place a futures bet on FanDuel right now on a Super Bowl winner in August, you can get bonus bets back every time that team wins all regular season long. Pick any team to win the Super Bowl. Before the season starts, futures bet who you think is going to win the Super Bowl. And every victory they rack up throughout the year, you can, you'll get free bonus bets. You can use those things on use those bonus bets on things like spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit fanduel.com slash lockdown NBA. Start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. All right. So chatting with Danny Ring. You heard him on 1080 Fan. You heard him on Jack Ramsey's. Talked all about Scoot in the first segment. Let's shift gears a little bit and talk about the other youngster. Shaden looked tired at summer league he looks like a guy who maybe wasn't in the best basketball shape um it it's i think my read on uh shaden sharp summer league appearance is that you can't read it as a positive but you do not necessarily have to read it as a negative um i don't think he looked very good and i generally don't think it matters where do you sit on what we saw on like our first glimpse of quote unquote year two shaden sharp uh Shaden's like what four rim finishes dunks blocks all of those things in game one were five feet in front of me and he showed more emotion in those four or five plays than he showed maybe all of last year combined I asked him after that game like hey seem to uh show a little more emotion there's a little something different and he cracked a big smile I was like you think so you, you think so and you know it's kind of one of those things where it's like yeah, no, he did. And actually, I thought in that game, even though his shooting percentages were down, I liked his decision-making, his thought process. Like, Shaden last year was so, I want to say afraid, but timid. Like, he did he did not feel like he belonged early he in the season. He was thinking the game preseason. a lot. He was, yeah, oh, he was thinking man. the game a lot. He had the game against uh, Maccabi Ranana where he caught an, a lob early in the first quarter and just skied. And that was when everybody got to see him and it went, Oh, that I asked him after that game. Is that kind of like a, you can do this moment. Cause he was out there with, you know, Terrence Jones and Norris Cole, like NBA dudes are on the floor. So it was like grown men, which he had never really played against, you know, maybe uh CBA Chinese basketball association dudes, but in, yeah, in any case, but yes, like again, like pros, pros, pros adults. that are like adults with like strong bodies. Like his first ever NBA game was against Kawhi. Yeah. Like going up against those guys had to be like, this is a little different. And after going from, you know, EYBL to that, that's a, that's a different <laughs> world, right? Yeah. 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 But when that switch did flip, you saw it and you saw it towards the end of the year and you saw it in flickers throughout the season. The skill set is there. It's going to be processing power, decision making, and refining the little things like the footwork. You were great early in the season pointing out he's got his hands down when he's just, if he's not catching in the pocket, He's too slow to get to that. The triple threat stuff, put that away, like catching on the move, getting downhill, knowing, knowing who you are. And to be honest, most guys aren't Damian Lillard when they come into the league where they have sat there and watched every single possession of their career and know it to a T. I need to do X, Y, and Z to to succeed. 
these guys are just, they're just preternaturally talented and they're running on that when they're yep. 18, 19, 20 years old. Scoop might be a little bit different with a little bit of G League push and some pro yeah, play, behind him. play pro ball. Yeah, exactly. But it's still not the same. So, like, one, now that Shaden has that underneath his belt, I expect to see a lot more out of him this year. And it's going to be interesting to see when, where, how he picks his moments and how aggressive he is. Cause that's the thing for me. It's not necessarily skill set stuff, it's tighten the bolts down. And it's the not even IQ stuff, it's the, the seriousness. And not that he didn't take it seriously, but like it needs to ratchet up every year for you to take the necessary steps. Like, I don't, I don't think he's a guy who's lazy or doesn't work. It's just like, how, how hard do you hit the tape? How hard well, I, do you, you understand? You learn how to work. You learn yeah. how to work. Like 100%. he probably, he probably thought he was working hard. He, and then he probably found out he was the same right. thing. Remember we had the, yeah. the serial killer story back in the day yeah. with, with Beckner. Like most of these guys don't know the difference. And honestly, shout out to, it's going to sound weird. Shout out to Dame for doing the formula zero camp. Cause that's what they're trying to teach those kids down there is how to what, like what it actually takes oh, to yeah. work like a pro because what's missing nowadays in development. There, there's no big man camp. There's no like pro level, like preparatory camps that you go to anymore. It's all like shoe circuit stuff. So yeah. it's like that part of the game is missing. So that's what I'm looking forward to see from Shane this year. Yeah. I, I, um, for me, I'm hoping the processing speeds up with the skill because it really, mm. he got so much better in a hurry when he yeah. got the ball in his hands, but he's not going to have that role again. Mm. And like, in some ways it's easier, like it's more decision-making, right? It's more stuff. Because you come down, pick and roll, read, defense, second line of defense. It's more stuff. But it's pretty simple when you're when you're as talented as him to say, so I just get the ball and try to get past him. It's like, you know, but and it works that, like 70% of the time. Yeah, like I'm blown by uh Rudy Gobert in the final four minutes of a game in Minnesota, where then the franchise was like, You can't play anymore, kid. You have to you have to stop playing, um, which sucks. Let him play. Uh, but like uh, you know, it it's in some ways that role, not like the mm -hmm. actual stuff you do, but that role is just so, it's so, it's so obvious, right? It's like, yeah, I'm going to get the ball. I'm going to dribble across half court. Someone's going to come set a screen for me and I'm going to try to get to the rim and do what I do. And, and I, and I, I'll read and react from there. For me, it's the processing when it is, when he's the, when he's not the primary, when mm -hmm. he's the, even the tertiary guy, right? When he's the third option, when it's like, okay, they're running a dribble handoff on the other side. If it comes to me, I have to shoot or attack, shoot or attack, shoot or attack. And it's every time. And it's, how are they going to close out on me? Where is that second pass? Because when he had the ball in his hands at the end of the year, he passed prior to that. He had no idea how to pass the ball. He no. just, he, he just drove into, he drove into trouble and shot it. And he's really talented. So sometimes it works out really well because he's really, he's just, he's a good basketball player. I, um, I know it's so easy to Oh, so I know it's easy to say, like, you take from Hall of Famers, but did you get a chance to see the the, the Havisher article where he was talking about Dwayne Wade's, like, weird ability to space the floor with, like, taking, I think it was, like, 11 threes in a season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Dwayne Wade doesn't shoot, but here's his, here's why he has... Op yeah. Opponents are still covering it out of the three-point yeah, line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. that's the thing. Like, Shaden obviously can shoot the living hell out of the ball for the three-point line, but the difference being, like, what if you also have to worry about him making the right back cut because you turned your head and now you've got a guy who's got 12 feet of verticality that you have to worry about cutting on the back door. Like those are the kind of things of like, 
yeah, three point gravity is great, but like cutting gravity is super cool too. And having vertical gravity is cool. It's like exploring those different planes and God, I sound like a giant nerd right now, but like, those are the kind of things that like, that's more what I'm looking for. Like, let's see Shaden average like 22 shots a night. Like, no, like let's understand the functionality the who, what, when, where, why stuff, the other stuff will come. Yeah. It, it, his goal should be to be a functional NBA player, not necessarily uh, any specific thing. Okay. You need to average 17 and you need to shoot yeah. 38% from three. And it's like, functional meaning i can plug you in and you can just go like you don't have to it doesn't have to be what he was at the end of the year where it's like okay you could be the guy and you get unlimited shots and you get all you know, all this it's like just functional right like hey if dame's on the roster you're gonna play some minutes with him if he's not and they're like super young and messy which they're gonna be if they're young they're gonna have they're gonna have some growing pains it's like see if we can get you into spots where okay and is Ant is doing something over here. You make a good cut into space. They don't even give you the ball, but that cut opens up the backs like that kind mm-hmm. of functional NBA yes. stuff where he just get, gets it. I think that's um, to me, that's the growth for him. Um, let's talk about some other guys. I want to ask you about Jabari Walker and Ryan repair and, and some other folks. That's what we'll do in the third segment. Join us there. Won't you still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listen to locked on Blazers. Still chatting with Danny Morang. Uh, you were a pretty big Jabari Walker believer um, last season as a youngster. I think he struggled a little bit the way that maybe a 20-year-old 57th pick, second-round pick in the NBA draft might. Very believable. Um, he looked good in summer league. I thought he had a really nice uh, um, showing in Vegas. What are your expectations for him, both like role-wise and and what he and like what's he going to do? My expectations from him haven't really changed. I still think he's going to be a guy who has a 10-year career. Like he's just like he has a bankable skill set. He can rebound the ball and he knows where to be. Like he's never, he's even, even like as a, a kind of a scatterbrained rookie, he wasn't lost. Now he missed shots or he failed to grab a rebound or things like he did more than Tony Snell, like <laughs> <laughs> in the right spot, but like sometimes it didn't always go well. He's, he has quieted his, his jump shot quite a bit. Like if you watch him at summer league, he had a very distinct two piece jumper. Uh, coming out of Colorado, it's a lot smoother. It's um, it's not the same jumper as Clay Thompson, nor the same results. But I feel like the cadence is kind of the same. It's a lot. It's a lot of a dip, smooth, higher release. Um, when he misses, it's still bad, um, and he gets very frustrated. But I kind of like seeing that from him. Um, but he is a smart kid, man. This is a guy who day one was like, I'm going to be a role player in the NBA and I'm going to star in my role. Like he, this he, the kid has never had any ideas of grandeur. Of like I'm going to be a star in the NBA and it's not him settling. It's just him recognizing what was going to be his role in four years. Anyways. And yeah, I, the, I think there's a Channing Fry thing about this where he says 80% yes. of the league is role players. He's like, mm-hmm. so like, if you, th- if you, if you think you're one of the tw- top 20% in the league, go for it. But 80% of the league is role players. So like, if you want to play and you want to get paid millions of dollars, be the 80% like figure and figure it out early on that you're going yep. to be that guy. Cause in you know, a Channing Fry was a top 10 pick. Right. Like, and he yep. was like, Oh, highly uh, lauded at Arizona. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, I'm, I'm, that's not who I am. Like once, you know, once he, once he got to Phoenix and was like, Oh, I'm going to be a stud as a role player. He was pretty good in his, in his, um, his New York and Portland visits. But when he, once he got to Phoenix, it was like, yeah, I get it. This is how I'm going to stick in the league. I'm going to really shoot it. I'm going to play 100%. forever. I'm I'm never going to be 
even one of the six best players on my team, but I'm always going to be one of the nine best players on my mm -hmm. team. And I'm going to play forever because of it. And, and I think that's Jabari has that to me. And you yeah. mentioned the bankable skill. He's got to get a second thing he can do. He's yeah. got to get a second thing he can do. The three point uh, shooting does... is the thing he's trying to do. Like he's, yeah. he's putting in the work on that. So if that yeah. comes around, he's a 36 percent three yeah, point league shooter. average like, is league right at 36 or a, yeah, yeah. Like a, if he bumps that up to 37 38 then he's he's definitely yeah, he's a, around he's for a really a long good time yeah 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 i i think even like is jabari walker going to be a good defensive player in year two that's a pretty safe bet no <laughs> like i will i will tell you this though the, the blazers they had to make a decision basically between him and trent and watford and they chose him so not solely but because of the de defensive stuff, like certainly he has more upside than than Trent Watford defensively, and that's where um, kind of that that decision comes down to is like if we're going to pick one of these guys because they kind of had to, like young power forward with like different skill sets, but like what's the thing that they need from that position? They need somebody who can probably defend a little bit more. So like even if you're going forward and Dame's gone, it's still Scoot. Remind me again, any, is he any bigger than Damian Lillard? No. So yeah. you you got to have guys with some like legitimate size who can move and play defense and rebound. And I think that's kind of why they ended up going down that pathway. I would have just kept trending because uh, he's fun and weird. And he, he's, 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 I love the kid. And he's not going to, and uh, he, like, he might be the vibes commander of the locker room right now. Like last yeah, year. I, 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 um, I don't think they had to make a choice. They did make a choice and they felt they had to make a choice, but uh, Trent Watford can just play center. It's fine. Um, you're going to play Moses Brown 20 minutes at center. We'll just, we'll, we'll just, they got hey, taller. We'll, we'll talk, we'll talk in December, but uh, you're like, we, I know what you did. Um, yeah. It's, speaking of, of Blazers forwards, mm. uh, what do you make of Chris Murray? Is Chris Murray going to play? Like it kind of depends on what the roster looks like. Right. But yeah. If, if, but camp he, is going to be really weird. Like, yeah, it is. Murray is really interesting to me. Again, that kid is so smart. That's something that they are like definitely targeting is they are getting kids who are smart. Like you talk to these guys. If you've seen a single interview with Keegan, Chris is number one, a twin, but like their personalities are very, very nearly the same. And they're both very intelligent, not only in basketball sense, but like in a worldly sense, like they just, yeah. they don't get, bothered by stuff they understand they they just kind of i should just say he but he just kind of gets it basketball wise he has a incredible incredible feel for spacing he can feel when like you said like when you when you make that back cut if he's on the back side of the play and even though shaden maybe isn't supposed to make that back cut there but man it's a good back cut and the defense oh crap and they go with it and it opens up that space and now your you know scoots filling into that and key or chris is this kind of guy who as soon as he says sees shaden take that one step he's already floating above the break like if he sees that somebody's floating to the corner and he's already in he's already cutting through like he's just i watched so much of his tape it's kind of funny i've watched i had the hip surgery last year and i watched all of keegan murray's games last year and i got very familiar with him and i got to see chris as well this year he took that step, scored like crazy. But it like the thing that I took away was number one, he's the most left-handed player I've seen since Zach Randolph. <laughs> that he will not go right. He will drive right and it will come back left. It is it is Isaiah Thomas in power forward form. It is insane. Um, but beyond they, that, like he has that that spacing feel that just you I feel like that's something you you can learn, but it's almost something you can't teach. 
Yeah, it's it's it feels really an interesting thing with young guys, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, certainly playing a lot of NBA minutes, guys get have a better feel. It's like yeah. why young point guards usually are bad because the feel is a thing you have to develop. Um, it, it takes youngsters, particularly point guards, a hard position to learn in the NBA. Yeah. It's a lot of reads. Um, you can get better. Your feel can get better, right? Mm-hmm. But um, it, there are there are certainly real advantages from having it early. I think Trent Watford had a really good feel on both mm-hmm. ends. He just has slow feet and he can't jump. So the yep. feel on defense, being in the right spot on defense mattered, started mattering a lot less um, when, when you when can't get there. Yeah, when you can't yeah. get there. I know where I'm supposed to be, but I'm not going to. And if I do mm-hmm. get there, I'm not going to meet him at 12 feet. So um, Murray's yeah, got some I, tools, too. Like he's he's yeah. legit 6'8 with a solid reach. He's smart. He's not like crazy athlete, but he'll get up with you a little bit. And they got him uh, on the move a little bit in summer league mm-hmm. and he looked good on the move. And I, I yep. like that. Like, like he does, he's not a total standstill guy at his size. Like he caught it, uh, you know, going to his strong hands, but he looked good going to his strong yep. hand for sure. Uh, something I noted right away in the very, very little I've seen of him. Uh, Ryan, Ryan repair, the other rookie. Let's just, let's, let's get him in the mix. He's not going to, he's, there's like no room for him, but are he's you going to like, probably play like 40 minutes a night with the G league. Like he's, he's going to like crush just, in the G league. Oh, too. He's going to wreak havoc. So the very first play I ever saw of him diving into the tape, uh, checked in for the New Zealand breakers. I can't remember the, the team now, uh, but Tom Abercrombie, the longtime NBL vet. Uh, he, I think he had a cup of coffee in the NBA on uh, some summer league rosters, but uh, old savvy vet and immediately, immediately breaks his ankles with a back cut, gets him to fall asleep. <laughs> Fakes like he's coming up, you know, they ran kind of a, a Warriors-esque elevators play, but he completely broke it off, went back door and one foul. And I was like, oh, he's that he's that kind of kid. Okay. And then fast forward through the game and I saw him uh, get like three deflections, a steal, and uh, take like four rebounds from uh, being knocked boxed out. And I went, oh, yeah, that's what they he, see. Physically, he looks like you get why he's intriguing super mm-hmm. long arms moves well for being big. Like I, I did he's not a think big he was, kid. I did not think he was going to be that big. Like in Vegas is yeah. the first thing I said, I was like, Oh, I thought he was going to be way more string beanie. Like he's not, mm-hmm. he's, he's skinny, but he's not like tiny, right? Like he's not um, John Butler jr. He's like, he's like filled out. He's much more of a wing than a guard. Yeah. Um, he's probably, my, he's, he's teetering on like the wing forward. Agreed. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, what Brad Stevens calls swings. Um, yeah. He's a, he might be a swing. Um, yeah. He's, he's yeah. I, I can't imagine he's an NBA contributor this year, but um, I'd be surprised. I'll, I'll go to a remix gamer three and check him out. I'm excited to watch him and Baji are the two guys that I'm, I'm very excited to watch kind of like their development paths uh, with the G yeah. league, but repairs got some tools. Uh, it's the, it's the, it's the basketball experience stuff. Uh, folks around Batum, have said that he Batum couldn't speak higher of the kid. He, uh, I had somebody well, I tell will me say, that I will say Nicholas Batum was barely uh, was the worst summer, summer league, league player. Yes, and then he won. He won a starting job, job two months later in training camp. So there's still there, maybe Rupert's going to show up. He's your starting small forward. There's the solution. He has um, the size. Eighteen. He's eighteen. This is this is the this, he's he's a kid too. He is the future's young. here. The future is here. So uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be uh, follow that path, but um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I am intrigued by him. I just, um, I, I'm going to have to watch him wear a different jersey for most of the intrigue. I think. Yeah, this, I think so too. Season. But again, like I said, the uh, the Blazers will be down at camp in Santa Barbara this again this year, and it's going to be really interesting to see. Like, there's not really like any battles per se, but like 
who's eight, nine, 10, like those on the back. Like those are going to change throughout the season, especially when a trade comes, if a trade comes, but like who's there, like who shows it early. It's harder to get it later than it is to lose that spot later. So who kind of, grabs those 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 last kind of and even 11 like that could sneak in like those kind of battles are the thing the most intriguing thing outside of like the scoot shaden dame storylines this season yeah the the forward spots are a mess like who mm-hmm. like i think you could pencil matisse thibel in for playing a bunch of those minutes but yeah. like where does Nas play where does does chris murray play at all probably not early but eventually yes they're going to want him mm-hmm. to see him play a little bit jabari walker's probably going to play a bunch right away mm-hmm. um what do they do with those center minutes um, after they realize that playing Moses Brown 20 minutes a night is an absolute mess? We'll see. We'll see. He's really uh, big. He's he's absolutely that. He's absolutely gigantic. He's probably a nice guy. Um, he's probably Frank a nice Kim, guy. when I could say, talk to him back then. Yeah, probably a really, really polite fellow. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope I'm rooting for him, I guess. Um, I just think he's not very good and they're going to, it's going to, they're gonna find it's gonna be tough for him. They're gonna find out because he's they've cleared a lot of room from a man Moses to play basketball, and he's he's we'll see what happens. That's what okay. this is all about, after all. Yeah, this I spent I spent what 35 minutes of this show so I could be mean to Moses Brown in the closing <laughs> seconds. This is why this is why you tune into the podcast. Uh-oh. August, baby. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, Danny, can I convince you to stick around for one more? Absolutely. One more episode. All right, come back. Monday's show. Danny Morang is going to join us for that episode. Tell your friends about this podcast. I appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.